0: Hi, welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Tom Solophek from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleague, Eric Weinstein, head of US Credit Strategy. Eric, welcome to the program. I think it's a very exciting time for fixed income investors, of course, when we reach the end of the hiking cycle, go on pause for a bit, there's the possibility to to catch the peak in yields. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, in terms of the the returns we've seen, obviously, stocks have rolled over since August and government bond yields have been taking up since since April. So these are a sign that the high for long has not been well received. In terms of your markets that, that you look at, U.S. high-grade is down a percent, yet demand seems very strong. So can you tell us what's going on there?
1: Yeah, Tom, well, thanks for having me on, on the program. So what you point out is very interesting. Uh, you know, high grade, U.S. high-grade credit, the total return uh, as of this morning is minus 1.6%. Um, and yet, if we look at the mutual funds and ETFs where we have clarity, there's been strong inflows into the asset class. Uh, the average fund has received about 4.5% of AUM in inflows. Um, Now those flows have slowed over the last few weeks when returns have gotten more negative. Um, But the basic story is, as you noted, is that uh, most people buy, you know they buy funds, they buy yield, not spread. And so we're in high grade, uh, the yield on our index is about six and a half percent. It's almost uh, the highest it's been in 13 years. Um, Similar for high yield, we're at 9.5%, again, almost at a peak since the financial crisis. And so these um, are yields that are very attractive entry levels. Um, And so even though people are sort of nursing some of the pain of uh, if they had gotten to the market earlier this year and yields have risen and they have market-to-market losses, they're still seeing the current yields as as, uh, quite attractive. And remember, on the high-grade side in particular, only about 85% of the owners are institutional, not retail. And so these are insurance companies, pension funds, sovereign wealth funds. And while they certainly don't like mark-to-market losses, they, are, they don't have outflows that happen because they have losses. You know, they see the new yield levels and they find them attractive. Um, and I would add to that that while this has been happening, particularly in high grade, we've seen ratings, credit ratings moving up. So we've had nine consecutive quarters where our net high-grade bond ratings increased. And so we have attractive yields and we have credit quality as measured by the rating agencies moving in the positive direction. So this is a, this is a strong combination for interest in the asset class. And that's what we're seeing.
0: Kind of a, a funny time right now in, in terms of, you know, we, we have this monetary policy tightening, but at the same time, folks have been shielded from it. And so, you know, if you want to look for signs of stress, of course, you can find it, you know, whether it's credit card loans, auto loans, b- bankruptcies, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, you still have cash cushion in the hands of consumers. You still have corporate bars, borrowing and for for long maturities. What are you seeing on your side in terms of default rates, levels of stress and high yield? You know, what, what are you kind of most worried about right now in, in terms of the impact of, of higher yields? So
1: we're uh, likely to end 2023, where the high yield default rate is about 3%. 3% is the long-term average. Um, you know, last year, we had one5 and, and the year before, just 0.5%. So just for a bit of history there, in 2020, during COVID, 7% of the high yield market defaulted. So you kind of had a front-loading of defaults, and then the next couple of years, default rates were very low. And now we're back to the average at 3%. The, the loan market is probably going to end up around 3.5%. And I think in the loan market is where you have the most uncertainty about defaults next year. You know, loans are floating rate right instruments. They have all repriced. And so borrowers in the loan market are paying, you know, so far plus whatever spread. Uh, the average coupon is over 9% now. And so over time, that weighs on corporate results. So these are the sort of the smaller, lower-rated companies that issue in the loan market. Um, so I think that's where we're, we're watching. But you know, what's different about this cycle than past cycles, perhaps, is this is kind of, you could kind of say, a slow-motion recession. And we'll see, even if we have a recession, that's not the J-Pornian view. So companies have had time to adapt uh, to this and adjust their costs, et cetera. And so as default rates are moving up, but they're happening in a gradual way, it's not like 2020 with COVID or 2016 when energy prices collapsed or you know, back in the, uh, when we the dot-com bust where you had, or the financial crisis where you had a lot of event happen and you had a bunch of defaults right away. We think this will be a more gradual uh, rise in defaults as the pain of higher rates uh, slowly eats into uh, corporate profitability.
0: In terms of uh, you know credit metrics, credit fundamentals, credit ratings, what, what are the trends you're seeing right now?
1: As I mentioned, on the high-grade side, credit ratings have been moving in the right direction. Just for a couple of numbers on that, currently, 47% of the high-grade market is rated triple B. You know, that number was 51% five years ago. So there's been a you know a, a move up in average credit ratings, both because companies are being upgraded and because the new issuance has been more focused on higher quality companies. Um, that said, you know we, we we've been in an earnings recession for the last three quarters. Uh, this quarter looks like it may be about flat, you know, or slightly negative again. And so we are seeing credit metrics deteriorate. You know, uh, leverage, interest coverage are getting worse. Um, and in the loan market, we're seeing the same thing with the higher coupons. And so um, the rating agency trends are positive and high grade. They've been negative in loans. They've been kind of a little bit more mixed in high yield in the middle, but higher rates. And if we get slower growth, which is the JPM morning forecast for the first part of next year, will weigh on credit ratings. I think we will see the rating trends move a little bit more negative. Um, and it kind of really depends what happens to, to earnings. You know, as, I, as I mentioned, we've been in an, in an earnings recession for several quarters, even though we're not in an economic recession. You know, going forward to next year, the expectations are earnings improve, even as economic growth is expected to uh, weaken. And so it's a little bit interesting that earnings trends and economic trends are a little bit off cycle here. Um, and so we'll see how that plays out. So, you know, we're seeing a little bit of deterioration in credit metrics, but nothing that is getting is too alarming or nothing that seems like it's gonna be a sudden change. Certainly though, we're watching that it's a key issue in 2024 is you know, many economists, including J.P. Morgan, expected monetary policy to have a more negative impact on growth more quickly than it has. That said, ourselves and, and most others, haven't thrown away their economic textbooks, you know, tighter monetary policy is negative for growth. And the question is, you know, when will that be more evident and to what extent? And so as, as, um, you know, your listeners may understand, David Morgan expects 0.5% GDP growth in the U.S. for the first half of next
0: year. Um, you know, if that proves correct, we're certainly going to see some deterioration in credit metrics. I think the way our equities guys might think about this is that you can have a decent third quarter earnings season just because the, the economic growth has been decent or surprised to the upside for, for third quarter. But at the same time, you fast forward to, to the fourth quarter or next year, you, you still have that economic deceleration, which again, is nothing new, but uh, you, you have rising rates, deepening yield curves, all of that puts some incremental stress, you know, even though let's say the maturity wall is so many years out, you know, every year, let's say you have 10 15% more of that pain is, is, is felt on the, on the interest expense, um, th- that can really challenge these pretty uh, generous assumptions they have on earnings growth. I mean, I think the consensus number for earnings growth is around uh, maybe 12% or so, and that can be very difficult to achieve in, in, given the growth expectations. So, so maybe uh, looking ahead to next year on your side, uh, I'd love to hear your expectations for, for spreads and high-grade and high-yield high to, to the year-end. And and I just ask you to touch on one more thing, which is that basically the stock market has been very weird this year with a so-called Magnificent 7, low market breadth, uh, uh, mega caps outperforming, equal weight index looking worse and worse. And so the idea is, is that the credit markets maybe haven't cracked because these other things have held up relatively well. And uh, you know, so so equal weight is looking terrible, of course, but the mega caps have held up well, and uh, and and maybe you can also talk about a downside scenario if some of these mega caps finally crack, uh, which looks a bit worrisome if you if you look at the chart and the recent days' performance. So uh, basically, your base case and your worst case scenario. We're still uh,
1: we're working on our twenty twenty four outlook, so we haven't published. Spread forecast for next year. Um, you know, I would say in the high grade space, you know, yields will matter. Uh, high yields have helped keep spreads lower, and we do expect yields to stay high, even though we expect them to come off of their peak, as you mentioned. Uh, we expect yields to be about fifty basis points lower than they are today in the middle of next year, but still, that's going to be attractive yields. And you know, if we avoid a, a recession, which is the base case view and companies continue to moderate their costs, I think we'll see uh, you know, margins stabilize a bit and some of the credit metrics stabilize. However, as you know, you know risk sentiment generally is driven by equity markets. And so you know, credit markets have outperformed equity markets this year, particularly in, in high grade. Some of that is due to the composition issues that you mentioned. You know, if you wanna compare the high grade bond market to the S&P, the biggest differences are the credit market has a lot more financial exposure and a lot less tech exposure. And so the names that you mentioned in the Magnificent Seven, you know, they either don't have credit or they're very highly credit rated, you know, Apple, Microsoft, uh, et cetera. And so credit markets are not directly impacted by potential weakness of the big uh, mega caps, mega tech companies. Um, But if equities sell off meaningfully, certainly spreads uh, will widen. So we are hostage to uh, the risk sentiment that comes from equity market, maybe not so much the actual earnings results from those companies. And so, but, you know, your your broader point is is the key question, you know, for a year and a half, everybody's been expecting a slow economy because of higher policy rates. We just really haven't seen it. Um, Is that because we won't see it or we've just been, uh, it's just not been enough time Uh, And the view from JP Morgan's economists and from our credit strategists is the latter. There just has not been enough time and more time is going to weigh on corporate results and weigh on on equities. And if that happens, we will be uh, wider in spread, even though I do think spreads will outperform. I mean, I think there's a structural shift into fixed income just because yields are attractive. for, For a decade, thanks in part to QE, Yields were very low. This supported equity markets doing very well, and it, it kept people from focusing a lot on fixed income. That's now shifted meaningfully. Yields are at a 13-year, uh, near a 13-year peak. Many people who were not focused on fixed income are saying, hey, I, I like 5% T-bills or 6.5% high grade. And so there is that technical support. And, and as you mentioned, with equities being more volatile and the directionality not all one way, it all argues for fixed income outperformance, even if we do see some widening next year
0: on a week equity market. Well, great. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for that update. And thank you all for tuning into JP Morgan TV.